episode 31 of Etc. Etc. with Young Southpaw. That's moi. Me if you ain't got your French tongue on. Which is kind of relevant to today, but, but we'll get to that. I've been on a huge ACDC kick lately. I mean, Powerage, one of the greatest albums ever made. Riff Raff sounds like a band playing for its very life. And I've also been reading our guest today's upcoming book on Serge Gainsbourg. Which got me thinking, you know. ACDC should totally do an album of Gainsbourg covers. Power Surge, you know. Completing the Power Trilogy. That began with Powerage, and now this new one, Power Up. But like, try as I might, I can't think of what would possibly be on this record. I mean, the two styles and song titles don't really lend each other to interpretation, you know? Which is all the more reason we need it. Kick those doors wide open, you know? The jailbreak. From our preconceived notions about something like this happening. I mean, initials BB. Right there, you know? The only one of the first four letters of the alphabet that ACDC is missing. And Surge is giving them doubles. Just like the C's in their name. I mean, I know Brian Johnson just came back to the band and Brigitte Bardot is 86 years old, but I mean, why not bring her in? Maybe just for some duets, you know? But I've also been thinking, you know, ACDC, electricity. I mean, it's a wonder they never got into electronic music. I mean, that would freaking blow people's minds, you know? With or without Brigitte Bardot. Like when Brian Johnson joined, they just got all into synthesizers. I mean, Angus would need a keytar to keep doing what he does. You don't want him stuck behind a keyboard stand. But, But hear me out on this. I mean... You had Back in Black with its all-black cover, you know? And then, like, two records later, Flick of the Switch is pretty much all white, except for Angus and the Switch being in gray. What if in between those two albums, instead of For Those About to Rock, they did a cover of Visage's Fade to Gray? Get this theme going across the three album covers. I mean, I'm saying this should have happened only for the duration of the 1980s. Because, like, we don't want to miss out on Thunderstruck and that riff, you know, etc. You know how the song goes. And the Razor's Edge cover art is half great. And, like, when they do strap on the guitars again, it'll be all the more powerful. The woo! Imagine those fans who only like their 80s synth-pop output. I don't even know, you know? But maybe this Serge Gainsbourg covers album would bring him back into the fold. Anyway, 
These are some of the thoughts I've been having this week. Blowing my mind, you know. It'll probably get worked up into a full-on story, but in the meantime, like that Helmet song, you know, there are 52 other stories up at youngsouthpaw.com. 52, you know, like a full deck of cards. And as many stations as Robert Hitchcock says there are on the Northern Line. So go check out the Young Southpaw Part of an Hour podcast. But let's get to this week's episode of this podcast. It's my pleasure to have on the show Mr. Jeremy Allen, a great writer for many different sites and magazines. I mean, he's written for The Guardian, The Quietest, a whole bunch of others. And now he's got this awesome new book on Serge Gainsbourg coming out in February. I was wondering how it was going to be different from the other books on Serge out there, but as soon as I started reading, I saw that it definitely is. He really contextualizes Serge's place in the world, especially for us English speakers who might be missing out on some of Serge's excellent lyrics. And there was so much to say, we didn't even get talking about Jatem until 38 minutes in. So let's get to it. We're here today with Mr. Jeremy Allen. How are you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right, thank you. Did you get your laundry done? Almost. <laughs> thank you for asking. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. It should be finished as soon as we finish. If I've timed it right, man, I'm going to be so psyched. Fingers I'm, crossed, yeah. I'm, I'm crossing those fingers, absolutely. So you've got a great new book coming out on Serge Gainsbourg, Relax, Baby, Be Cool. That's right, yeah. I'm it's enjoying gonna... it very much, man. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you, you liked it um, or are liking it. Yes, but, I'm still getting yeah. through it, but, uh, you know. The present continuous. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. I know you mentioned this in the book, but tell me about the first time, how you discovered Serge. Oh, well, <clears throat> okay. Well, um, I was working at a, a website called Play Louder, and um, it, was very, it, was very, it was one of those things. I suppose there, there was something in the air, and people were – this was about 2000 and five 2006 and there was something in the air and people were kind of muttering about this guy and i was going so, and then i mean it was it was as simple as someone sending me a, a box of his dvds with kind of um i suppose i don't know about 100 videos nearly 100 videos of just old performances and i mean gansball was a very visual artist he, he came from an art background mm. um, and um and that's very it's very strong in in his work and it just blew me away i mean it's just one of those kind of moments where you i don't know there were, i don't think there are many artists when you where where you know something kind of moves inside you and you kind of think christ this is this is you know something i i've been kind of waiting for i suppose you know for me you know it happens very rarely in a lifetime it happened with the beatles when i was seven and maybe you know faith no more in my in my kind of teens or something but it doesn't but this was you know i was 33 i was a i was a roaring alcoholic um and suddenly this frenchman entered my life and uh yeah, very strange. We just, I kind of, I, I, I think I said, you know, it, it, it was somebody who was speaking to me, even though I, I, 
couldn't understand a word he was saying, you know. So then I went in pursuit of learning French, which, God, man, I'm I'm on. Um, it just it's just so hard to, to kind of learn it properly. I'm, I'm on um, Duolingo, Duolingo every day, oh. uh, and um, you know I, I kind of improve, but I'm, but I'm not not the finished article yet. So if it gets translated into French, and I have to go there then I'd better um, actually be able to speak French by then. So I'm, I'd, I'd, I'll just double my, my time spent on Duolingo, I think. Um, little, di- little diversion there. Yeah, so how, how did uh, speaking French play into your research and all that? Was it... Well, well, I mean, it's a funny one because some people can kind of, you know, that they... they, they um, I know a lot of... More people seem to say that they can... They listen and can hear French, but can't speak it. Whereas I can speak it better than I can actually hear it. And also I can read it. Um, so that, that, you know, but for some reason the, the actual listening is still, is still not perfect. I can get away with it when I, when I, you know, I, I, I just sort of nod and, you know, I can kind of just, I can get by and, um, a lot of times, yeah, I, people will talk to me and will try and have a conversation. And I, 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 when I was living in Paris, yeah, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell them that I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand what they were saying because that just became, I don't know, it's like a, it's like someone going into a, a, a coffee shop and and, and ordering a, a coffee in, in in Paris and and asking for milk. You know what I mean? You just you just don't do it if you live there. Um, I don't want people to think I'm a tourist. So, uh, you know, there, there, there was a little bit of, well, not, not deception, but just, you know, I mean, I could, I could, you pick out key words, don't you? I don't know if you yeah. speak language, but you. I'm, I'm the same way. Like I can, I can speak much, much better than I can hear it. And I can definitely read it much better than both because there's some, they, they speak it fast and there's always the similar, if you're translating into English as you go, there's, you know, words sound like they could go either way when the translation and something else is yeah, yeah, yeah. and also i mean i um uh, you know i got better at speaking to people you'd be in paris and then and then you go south and then it was like you know i could i could understand people much better in paris because i was so used to the parisian accent but you know you go to ear down in uh down in the sort of south of france somewhere and it, it just becomes very difficult to to understand anyone again so there's there's kind of um oh i can't remember what the word is um degrees i suppose yeah so back to discovering serge um how did he sit within your musical tastes i mean the beatles and faith no more are pretty radically different yeah i mean i don't i don't know if um i don't know if the beatles are are that different um i meant from each other (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah 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 well I, I suppose i just like a lot of stuff i mean i i kind of um uh i i try not to close my ears off to to anything really um but i i, I mean i think with i think research you know there was stuff that kind of came out that would have primed me for discovering something like melody nelson stuff that was influenced by it that I didn't necessarily realize, or I kind of had a vague idea, but you didn't have the internet to check at the time. You know what I mean? So yeah. something like pulp or, 
de definitely a different class. You know, there's there's a there's an element of 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 Serge all over that album. Or um, uh, what's what, what are they called? Kazu Makino's band. Um, the, the there's three of them: New York. Uh, to, I, the, um, something about oh man, I'm losing names today. They're just they're just they're just flying out of my head. Well, they're not even there to to, to fly away. Um, anyway, there were there were lots of there were lots of um, uh, blonde redhead. There oh. were lots. There, there were lots of uh, you know there was lots of music that I was really into, or or, or even you know Massive Attack or or, or Air, you know. And they, these were all things that I really liked. And then suddenly you you hear Melody Nelson and go ah, but you know I mean the thing was that that whole you think of the that whole down tempo period I mean that happened you know all, all that music that came out in the mid nineties I mean that was totally influenced by Melody Nelson but the world was ready for it then Melody Nelson bombed when it came out in nineteen seventy one I mean it was it, it was a disaster it was meant to be his sort of uh his his moment like this masterpiece and and the french didn't get it um and he, he you know at, at the time he he'd had a big international hit but he wasn't uh he, he was considered a novelty in most places you know certainly in england um who i think the english have a have a, a, a misplaced um, superiority complex. We're seeing it now at the moment, but certainly with, with, with rock and roll, because the Beatles came from there, they just kind of thought, well, there's, you know, we're better than everybody else, but, you know, it's bollocks, obviously. Um, so so Gans Ball was, was considered a kind of uh, a, never, a, a sexy novelty act that they were um, a little bit intimidated by and probably had lots of children too, so... You know, uh, so, so Melody Nelson wouldn't would not have, have, have translated at all. But the French didn't get it either. I mean, nobody got it, and um, and it took many years. And now, of course, it's the it's the cornerstone of of you know any any Serge Gainsbourg fans kind of um, devotion, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, how did the whole idea for doing the book come to you? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it was one of those things that, that kind of um, I thought about for for a long time. I mean, there are there are books, you know, the, the Sylvie Simmons one is good. Um, that that was the first one I I picked up and I and I and I I, I devoured it and it became you know my kind of um, my my little bible for 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 a little while. It was, it was but but that's it, as full as Chitals. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's quite quite a, a slender book, and and as it transpires, it's kind of um, it's based on the writings of of, of um, uh, Gilles v v uh, Vallon, yeah, and it's kind of a, a almost a synoptic version of that. So um, I just I just it, it, it it's great, but and 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 it really explains who who Gainsbourg is, but. It just, I didn't feel there was enough. And I suppose I was, I was writing, I was writing about him quite a lot 
And then it just it just kind of I I I did a crowdfund thing. I just suddenly thought, well, actually, well, you know, people people were saying, oh, you should actually write one. I think Darren and Anderson 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 did uh, did one on Melody Nelson for thirty three and a third. Mm-hmm. But again, it just I just wanted to do something a bit bigger and a bit more. Um, I, I kind of wanted to recontextualize um, Serge a little bit because he's a very complex i mean all, all you know people always people always say who they're writing about you know we're all complex but he, he's particularly complex and there are there are many kind of contradictory gansbors and there's there's there are the, the, these sort of characters as well there's the there's the you know the the child who, who grew up Ludwig ginsburg who was who was um grew up as a as a kind of you know, refugees. Parents were 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 East Slavic refugees who who went through a very torturous and dangerous two year trip to to find their way via Istanbul to and then up through France and and, and then finally to Paris and then and then they assimilated in you know um, incredibly so, um, but. And 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 the twenties were you know fantastic for them, but obviously we all know what was coming, you know. And it, so he grew up as 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 a Jew. He grew up as a you know in in this very dangerous, incredibly dangerous situation, wearing the yellow star and everything um, during the the occupation. And so he was always there was there was always this thing where he was French, but he was also an outsider. And I think that really influenced and. Um, was a yeah was it was it was, was you know a, a, a big part of his work and, and and a big part of these kind of uh his, his contradictory nature really so he was he was i don't know it, it took a while for him to really really be loved and i think that also was a um that became part of i think you know there were, there were lots of reasons why he was so provocative but um he was a big attention seeker, really. You know, it was kind of like this whole idea that Serge, you know, people like to think there's this kind of caricature of him that he smokes and he drinks and he didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? And he gave a shit more than than, than a lot of people. You know, he was very uh, hurt by all sorts of. Th- he, you know, he was easily hurt, which you wouldn't kind of necessarily think. You know, it was kind of. Uh, this because he because he was so bellicose, you you just sort of assume that nothing you know nothing penetrated, but it but it really did. He was quite thin skinned, so and, and and absolutely obsessed with um, with headlines about him. You know, it just, I think probably because it took so long for him to act, he, he he didn't really become a superstar until he was fifty when he did O Arms etc. Uh, the kind of reggae song. So so by then, so he you know he would he would cut headlines out of newspapers and, and stick them on the wall and because he was he was so uh excited like a like a child you know anyway what did you ask again <laughs> uh, i don't remember but <laughs> yeah. i gotta be honest with you man when i first heard you were doing the book i was thinking you know how is this going to be different from fistful of chatons but i mean they're completely different books i i love how yours is like you go into sort of what he meant to the world, whereas, you know, the other book, Fistful of Jean's, is really just straight biography. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I wanted to sort of. I think um, the, the way the way I, I kind of um, did it, I suppose. I think probably it came from uh, a lot of it came from from writing for the Quietus, and you know you do like an anniversary piece on an album, and then I sort of and and, and what they what they tend to ask you to pitch is you, you write about an album, but you also have to kind of come up with a with a unique angle, you know, to sort of a, a, a way of kind of you know, or a story or a narrative almost um, that maybe hasn't been read before or is you know a kind of fresh take or whatever and then i sort of thought well why don't i do it for all of his albums and you know kind of come up with a with a with a different kind of um yeah a different kind of slant that come from some you know and 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 sort of and then tell a story throughout uh which which obviously you know and, and and then you sort of i think you sort of avoid the it's 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 not, I don't know. Um, it's 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 a narrative. It's not necessarily linear, but it well, it kind of jumps around a bit. But um, it's quite it's quite a nice way of writing without just kind of going and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so if you've got a different sort of theme for each, so I've got a different theme for each uh, for each you know chapter like uh, surrealism or. Um, uh, Muses, that's one of them. Uh, jazz and uh, performance, because he 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 was he became terrified of performance and didn't wouldn't go on stage for sixteen years. And there's kind of um, yeah, and they and they all kind of relate to 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 each album. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a it's a different way of telling the story. Hopefully, yeah, people will think it was successful. Yeah. Seems so so far. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, like I was saying in the intro, there's almost too much to discover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite it's quite, and and then you unearth something else, and then you oh, you're like, oh god, you know. Um, yeah, I mean it's incredible. I I I spoke to Jane Birkin about it, and you know, I I, I sort of explained to her how daunted I was by it, and. And, you know, I suddenly sort of said to her, it suddenly, it feels like a, a big responsibility, actually. Um, she was fantastic, actually. And, and there was, she just, I went and spoke to her for, for, for an afternoon in Paris. She just talked and it was quite emotional at times, actually. It's, it's incredible. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, for, as, 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 a, as a fan, as well as a biographer now, you know, um, I, I probably consider you know I consider myself a, a fan first to spend an afternoon with Jane Birkin is uh, great, but yeah, and and she, she was totally she 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 um, she uh, she agreed with me. <laughs> there's there's a lot there's a lot to do, you know. But um, I think I, I uncovered quite a, quite a lot of stuff, and and there was some um, I you know I had some nice French friends who directed me to so there's there's some stuff in there i, I won't go into too much well I, I, I won't spoil the surprise but there's some stuff in there that's definitely not in in uh just full of jetons that, that um that maybe that maybe the stuff that that the, the the french might know a bit more about but in 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 the english-speaking world definitely not so hopefully there'll be a few oh did he really do that you know <laughs> 
I, I like how you wrote about Boris Vian. Well, I've always found a very interesting character. I mean, died watching the film of his own novel. That's that's crazy. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a heart attack, didn't he? Just yeah. like in his fists in it because it was so bad. Were there any other like interesting figures that you uh, discovered through your research that you didn't know about before? Like, Oh yeah, loads. Um, I'm just trying to, th- I mean, I mean, cause, cause also I, I ended up speaking to a lot of them, you know, so uh, there were, there were there, I mean, I, I suppose a big thing for me right in the book was it actually, because he was so um, sort of musically voracious and, 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 you know, um, and acquisitive. I mean, he, 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 you know, he stole from, from everywhere. And, um, and for me, that really, I, I think it's, it's kind of weird. It, it really, um, it's probably that point where, where from, from writing about Serge that I probably got into jazz and probably what, what, what else did I, reggae, I've, I've, listened, I've been getting into more. Um, and, and, and it's just sort of, it's almost like, like uh, Serge is like the, the touch point and I, and I've, I've gone, you know, further into some of the stuff that he got into that, um, that I probably should have got into before really, but you know, it's, uh, I mean, I mean, he, everything he did really was, was, he, he, he kind of stole black music. I mean, he was, he was, and, and, and Frenchified it, you know, so you have, you have, um, yeah, jazz to begin with. And then, um, and then he goes through the his rock and roll period. Is kind of um, uh, he, he gets into the into the yeah yeah writing because he just knows that that he he, he does it in a quite cynical way actually. Um, I've just noticed I've got my partner's name on there. Did people see that? It's Claire Mason. Okay. Anyway, um, so he he yeah. So 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 I, I guess the only time where he, he he's listen to white music is 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 actually when he's sort of copying swinging carnaby street which is which is coming from america anyway you know what i mean which is coming from the sort of rock and roll movement the, the um rhythm and blues and, and all that sort of thing and then he's oh and also he, he 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 um he he made an album called percussions where he he ripped off a load of drum beats from um Olutunde, this uh, this famous Nigerian drummer, and he was very naughty because he didn't credit him or, or tell him, but he, he he built songs around his rhythms, and then uh, and then he does uh, and then he does reggae, and he he does sort of you know so he's so he's done, he did this through throughout his um, career, he just sort of stole uh, from black music and from classical music, Chopin, yeah, who, Ravel, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, uh, Dvorak. I mean, he's just a, it, it. It was a very meta, very Dadaist kind of. Um, it was. It was, I don't think many people have done that in music, where they where they at, at that time. You know, if you listen to a song like uh, "Contact" by um, Bridget Bardo, just listen to that song. It was made in 1968, and it's kind of like um, it's kind of like techno like 30 years too early it's incredible it blows my mind it's just the, the you just think wow he's you know he's he's looping and he's kind of he's doing all these kind of i 
try playing playing with um you know i suppose music concrete he was working with um uh columbia at the time who had been working with pierre schaefer i think so maybe that was where that influence came in but he, he was obviously um he, he was brilliant at finding people to work with i mean that that's a real gift bowie had it i think madonna for a while maybe not so much in recent years but but had just a real it's a real talent in itself to find the right people to work with but serge also made all this great music all this very varied music and of course right at the center of it was him so he knew what he was doing you know what i mean yeah yeah it's been great like uh reading the book putting it on again while i'm reading and because i've loved search for decades now so what what are some of your favorite songs of his uh, oh man there's so many of them um i mean i mean i think that, that, that if if someone said to me uh well people do something say oh, i don't you know but when i mention i've written a uh book about Serge Gainsbourg and they kind of look at look at me blankly like my hairdresser and sorry uh all right yeah where you been on your holidays uh so yeah and I, I mean if someone said you know what song what song I suppose the, the, the song that that I would tell people to listen to first which is absolutely one of my favorites and I've never got bored of it is Bonnie and Clyde I mean it's just it's just a magnificent song and uh you know, you've got this loop and you've got that kind of, um, that almost sort of hauntological voice uh, going kind of, um, that that was Columbia's, Columbia actually doing that apparently, but the, but it's it's on this, repet, you know, on this, there's this repetition and he, he didn't bother writing any lyrics for it, he just stole them from, from uh, Bonnie, uh, what were they called, Bonnie, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, you know, uh, Bonnie Parker. And uh, it, yeah, he just, he just took Bonnie Parker's uh, poem and, and rewrote it in French. He has Bardo on it, you know, who was the uh, uh, sex kitten in, in, in France at the time, you know, that, that, that really put him on the map, you know what I mean, that, that record. And, he, and watch, the, watch the, the video, just look at it on, on YouTube and just see how magnificent they both look it's just this moment in time that's that cap you know that sort of captures so it's just when he's kind of he'd he'd done the eurovision song contest a few years before and that that opened the world up to him as a, as a writer for hire but not as a not as an artist and then and then he does Bonnie and Clyde. Bardo asks him to write songs for her for Le Show Bardo, which is a Christmas special. And uh, that's when they'd met before on a, on, a, on a film where he was like an extra. But that was where, where the kind of the chemistry happened. And, and then I think he got sort of promoted to, to be her foil on this Christmas special. And, um, and that was the first time for, for a lot of people that they don't, ever heard of Serge Gainsbourg so um it was it was it was big for him but he still was a long way from being the superstar that, that he eventually became in France but there, there, I mean uh, other songs they're, they're just kind of I mean I like so many of them but you can 
like uh you can just sort of i quite like picking out the, the um some of the quite sort of more obscure ones like uh go on i love that you uh wrote about uh Don Delay, Don Delu, the duet with Franz Gall that's only available on that video clip. They never actually, there's no studio version. It's just that well, a minute and a half. That's such a killer pop song. I mean, great melody, that cool Western guitar. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And he just, uh, it's got a kind of modish kind of stomp to it. And um, yeah, yeah he, he, he wrote so many songs. And, um, and there were some of them that he, he like that one. I mean, you can you can look on the SACEM database, uh, S-A-C-E-M. It's like the, I don't know what it is in America, on, on, in, in the UK, it's PRS. It's uh, kind of... BMI, uh, ASCAP. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, so the, you, could, you can check songs that registered there, and that song isn't registered. He, he never recorded it. It was just this amazing song that he did with Franz Gall, and it never, you know, he was just too busy. Um, and there are loads of those. And in the 70s, he... He became quite a big writer for TV. He used to do it on a on a for for a Saturday night, and he knocked these songs off in the midweek. And Jane Birkin or or Petula Clark would go and sing them on on French TV on a Saturday night. And um, and there were so many that, that never that that he just he just sort of knocked them out. And um, and and the. Some of them are lost to posterity. Some of them you can kind of pick up on on the internet. But yeah, it's a it's he he was he was a kind of machine, wasn't he? You know, yeah. one of my favorites is uh, Villene Fille Mouvet Garçon, which Petula Clark did originally. Yeah, uh, I find her version too slow. Like he later did it himself, which is great. And then I love uh, Fabian Del Sol's cover of it. It's just really you know energetic. And I've tried to learn it a few times. And like, when you pay attention, like what he's doing, like, although I don't know what he's saying lyrically, well, I know a bit, but not all of it, but just the rhythm of the words is super interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean the, the funny thing about the, the, the words, this is something that, um, which I find absolutely fascinating. Like, we, um, the, French consider him more a lyricist than a than a musician, um, and the the thing about Gainsbourg because he comes from the 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 the, the chanson tradition, the lyrics are kind of more important than the music, so they kind of revere him more for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and, and we we kind of miss out on 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 that if we're not kind of um, you know. Um, brilliant French speakers or, or native French speakers. So it's a kind of, it's really interesting that you have this, this other dimension. And, and that's one thing that I, I love about him really as, as a, and, and about French music. It's it, not, not all French music, obviously, but um, it, it's uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. There, 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 are, there are artists, there are some artists like him, like Brel, um, they're, they're, they're quite, you know, um, Barbara and and these 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 are kind of artists that that I like to kind of dig into and there's still a mystery for me because I don't know exactly what they're they're saying so it's mm. it's quite nice to kind of dig in and and try and discover some of those double meanings or whatever but it's not it's not easy. 
Another one of my favorites is uh, Ne Rien, which he originally did with Anna Karina. And then Mick Harvey's cover of that is fantastic. You you spoke with both of them, Megan. I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I I mean I like I like the I, I like that song. Anna Karina was was that was a very interesting interview. Um, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And um, she was she was kind of she was half pissed actually when I when I said that. But um, uh, she she um, God rest her soul. Um, yeah, I, I was so sad to hear about, about her yeah. passing. It wasn't that long after, after I met her, but it was, it was very, I mean, it, it was a funny situation because, uh, my partner had to suddenly go to the American hospital. I won't go into the, into the details, but it was, it all turned out fine. But, so, but it was like, you have to come in for a blood test. Um, and so she, she, um, we were kind of like she had to get there by a certain time and i had to meet anna karina at, at, at two o'clock and the only way she was going to get there and then get back and, and 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 kind of you know go up and down the lifts blah 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 you know the stairs and because because the paris metro is a is is a hellish thing to have a have a baby carrier um or a or a pram you know it's, it, so it was like you're gonna have to take gene and he was he was just coming up to about two years old and um so i had to go down with the prime and meet anna karina with with a with a with a with a child who's just coming up gene genie who's just coming up to two years old and i and he, he did you know he didn't say many words at the time and i said look you've got to understand now we're going to go and meet a new world film legend and he's just he's tiny he goes wow and i was like but you've got to behave and he goes no <laughs> so I'm like, ah, this is this is a nightmare i'm going to meet like the, this legendary actress who's who's made at least five of my favorite films of all time and so we get there and she's outside smoking a rolly and she looks really pissed off. I'm like, hello, I'm Jeremy. And, and her, her, her husband, Dennis, comes out, American guy. Hi, how are you doing? And I'm like, no, I'm really sorry, but I've got a child with me. And um, so that we, got, we got ushered into this restaurant and we, we sit there. And then um, and, and eventually she comes around and she, she sits down. She looks really pissed off. And, um, and I start talking to her and she kind of... And, and, and the thing was, Gene, I was just expecting him at any moment to, to kind of just kick off or, or do whatever. And we, we, we sat there for half an hour. He's, he's just, he's, he's, he's not quite two yet. And he just sits there attentively looking at her, sipping water like the coolest little kid you've ever, ever, ever known. And I was like, yes. Thank God, but I'm still on tenterhooks. You know what I mean? It's going to happen at any moment. No, he's just really cool, and she really warmed to him, and and um, and then eventually Claire came and, and took him, and uh, and yeah, and 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 at the end of the of, of the interview, I thought, well, it's gone okay, and she gave me a smacker. So uh, <laughs> there you go. It went well. It went well in the end, but it was it was very very nerve wracking. Um, just to yeah. waiting for my two year old to kind of. <laughs> and so when I'm talking to like Anna Karina, 
anyway <laughs> so yeah um i didn't really have room for that, that story in the book but uh well we tell not, it now uh, i tell it now exactly exactly excellent um so yeah i liked anna queen and she was great she was very funny um really sarcastic uh she was kind of but in a in a kind of um in a fun way and 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 who 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 else can you sit there and talk about goddard downsball and fassbender with do you know what i mean um mm-hmm. she told me these great stories you know about like she she was in um i mean we, we went off the off the script quite a bit but she was in um Czechoslovakia, I think, for um, the the um, making a film in '68 when the Soviet oh. tank rolled in, and she was like in a, you know, it was one of the most sort of um, terrifying moments of her life, and uh, I can't remember which film it was. And then she went back to to Paris, and she was like, "What's everyone? What's everyone going on about? What's 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 this? This is this is nothing compared to what I've just been through." You know what I mean? In the middle wow. of it. Yeah, yeah. So she came back for for the '68 riots, but compared to Soviet tanks rolling into 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 your country, it's kind of uh, it's a bit of an anticlimax, you know, no end. Wow. Yeah. Good stories. Yeah. No longer with us, sadly. But yeah, uh, I'm very yeah. sad to hear that. I loved her. Mm. I love those Godard films. Roller Girl is, you know, Serge, another Serge Pen classic. Yeah, yeah, and and her version of Sula Sola Exactement is uh, is, I mean, it's a real it's a real toss up which 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 is better his version or her version. For me, it's a draw, you know. Mm. So di- done so differently. I, I like the fact that he did like um like uh you know La Javanez his version and uh, Juliette Greco's version. You know, he was wise enough to kind of hers. She just kind of purrs elegantly through it and is in no sort of in no hurry to wrap up and he just uh he does it in this kind of syncopated da, 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 kind of yeah. way um he had you know he was wise enough not not to to do it very differently to how the art that how the, the you know the other artist did it the artist who could sing <laughs> That's another one of my favorites too. I love that. I was listening to that last night. It's great, yeah. I mean, that's one from the from the old period that um, from the older period that is kind of transcended. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it. I think everybody loves Love Javanese, but it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, again, it wasn't a hit for him when he was when he was uh, when he was starting out when and. Uh, he started, you know, other people started to have hits with his songs, but he wasn't having any himself. Uh, yeah, I think it was what uh, Low Ella Bush, that, that one did okay for him. But um, otherwise, he was he was hitless pretty much until Je Tem, hmm. um, which was massive everywhere. <laughs> it took us this long to mention Je Tem. I mean, just talking about yeah, his yeah, incredible yeah. body of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Shatem was a big hit for him, but it didn't. It it was it was considered um, by most people uh, a kind of novelty record. I mean, it is kind of a novelty record, but it's it's such a it's, it's I mean, it's a beautiful record, and I think people um, 
so it's one of those records that's so difficult to uh to kind of detach from 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 what it's become what and you know what it means to to so many different people and it i think it's been debased in a way but it doesn't matter because you've got so much other magnificent stuff you know what i mean yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's very difficult to listen to. I find it quite difficult to listen to that, that record and, and take it seriously. But when I do actually sit and listen to it, man, the melody on it, the melody is, is incredible. Gorgeous, yeah. But he'd used it before for a film. People don't realise this. He'd, he'd used the melody before, and it was in a film, I forget, off the top of my head. Um, and then, you know, the, 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 there's the story of Bridget Bardo asking him to... They'd gone out and he annoyed her by being too drunk or something. So to make amends, she said, write two of the, the most beautiful, well, write the two most beautiful, you know, songs you can think of. And one of them is Shatem. Only he, he's actually, he's taken this soundtrack and <laughs> imposed words on it. You know, I'm sure it was heartfelt. And, um, but, uh, but he didn't just write it that night. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and there's some there's some debate about what the other one was, because it's often reported, and I might have reported myself in the past that it was uh, it was Shatem and Bonnie and Clyde written on the same night, but actually I think it was Harley Davidson. So sorry that I put that in the Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it is an, it is a debate. It, it, it's either Harley Davidson or it's um, because Harley Davidson isn't really. A beautiful song but it's you know it's a song it's a good pop tune yeah it's, you know it, i like the mccarvey cover of that as well with anita lane on it yeah oh mick was great um i call him mick because you know he's my mate now no i just it was, it was brilliant yeah i really really enjoyed uh talking to to him he's just got such a um i don't know he's got a, a very uh He's very Australian in some ways, you know, but, but also, uh, but really smart, you know, kind of, uh, I'm not saying that Australians aren't smart. <laughs> I'd like to clarify that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he, he was cool. And um, he, um, yeah, it was definitely, definitely worth talking to him. I mean, the, the dedication yeah. that he is incredible. Cause I mean, this is pre-internet, you know what I mean? You can, you can throw some, some Gansball lyrics into a, into a, into translate and you'll get an idea of what what he was talking about but but mick did it without being able to speak french really i mean he could he, i think he's a bit like me he can kind of talk it but he, he doesn't necessarily understand it that well he speaks he speaks very good german but that's not going to help you with gansball and um and what happened was, um, oh God, who was, who was it who got them in touch? A mate of his um, is a musician, well, no musician, I've forgotten who it was. But anyway, he he put him in touch with a French professor who was living in, who was living and teaching uh, or lecturing or whatever professors do in somewhere in the Middle, um, was it in the Middle East. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly. What happened was they then developed a, a relationship by fax where he would say he wanted whatever song and, and the guy would translate it 
he would do a French translate. Uh, he would he would he would do an English translation, and then he would send make another fax telling him where there were like where the jokes were, and uh, and so they did it did it really meticulously by fax for for a while for the for the first two albums I think and uh, yeah and, and and to begin with he didn't know whether because he'd been given a mixtape by uh, a French friend of his and and probably had a similar epiphany to. To the one I had, and you know, how am I going to sort of introduce this guy to the English-speaking world? Not, he didn't need introducing. Everyone knew, everyone knew Jatam Monampleur, but um, it's probably a more um, a, a more fleshed-out, you know, and a, a version of him where he was. Um, a more 3D version, I suppose, you know. I mean, there's so many versions of, of Gainsbourg. You can't say, like, it was the the, the, the right version, but it's, like, uh, just a more detailed version, I suppose. And Mick, oh, Mick Harvey, I don't know him as well as you do, uh, he's done four covers albums. I mean, talk about, you know, dedication to... Uh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he says he's not doing another one. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's plenty left, but he's covered, you know... Pretty much everything that you need, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they they start getting really, um, they start getting really obscure uh, on the on the last two albums. But a lot of them were um, ones that he couldn't. I think I think this is right. I think that they they were. He did he did one with 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 with. Um, he did intoxicated woman, didn't women or intoxicated woman with so he had he had some guests and that kind of thing and um i think i think he the other ones were were were, were songs that he didn't think he could do the first time around but kind of for whatever reason he came back to them and it was like oh actually and so he, so he had a breakthrough with a lot of the songs that he wanted to do originally but was yeah he just just sort of came up short so when's the book out? February. February. Oh, yes, yeah. February the twelfth, I believe it's being. I was going to say released, but I don't think you say that in book world, do you? you say published. Published. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's going to be published on. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to be published on the twelfth of February by Jawbone Press, and. Uh, I believe if you buy it on Hive, it's like three quid off, so it's like eleven quid or something. Excellent. People can pre-order it now, right? Yeah, which they all should do because it's an excellent book. Well, thank you very much. And Jawbone, man, that's great. They've put out some really good stuff. They have, yeah, yeah. I mean, I tried to, um, I, I, I did what, 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 what you did, and, and crowd tried crowdfunding it before with, uh, with Unbound, but it was the the target was just really. I, I found I found the whole experience very uh, not not one that I would want to do again. But I think probably it's one of those things where if you've got a good profile, then it works very well. You know, if you're if you're kind of um, David Quantic or something, I don't know, then then it's probably a lot easier to do than if you're Jeremy Allen. I'm not sure, but anyway, so so it actually it it kind of the 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 publisher Jawbone. I think they 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 were kind of like ah we've we've missed out on this one so then when I 
<clears throat> stopped crowdfunding and just and decided to you know to 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 kind of not do it that way because it didn't really suit me um they then through some one of their writers who i knew we kind of met and yeah and they've been they've been great i've been very very happy with them we had some <clears throat> we had some problems with um no i can't go into it actually okay yeah, it get too litigious. Uh, but, but yeah, from 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 someone outside, but all sorted now, all happening. It's lovely. Uh, but yeah, the, the, shut your mouth, Jeremy. <clears throat> oh, my throat. Anyway, excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Oh yeah, well thank you for having me. All right, I really enjoyed that. Hope you did too. Definitely pick up a copy of Relax, Baby, Be Cool. You can pre-order it now. I'll put the link on the show page. I hadn't really listened to Serge all that much lately, but it was really nice to put those records on again while I was reading and revisit. In Southpaw News, well, I've had a bunch of great guests on recently. Last week was Greg Proops from Who's Live Anyway, Matt Osmond from Suede, Steve Kilby from The Church, Amelia and Rob from Heavenly. Check them out, y'all. And much appreciated if you want to subscribe, review, share these. The Lost Archimedes album is now streaming on Bandcamp, Apple Music, Amazon, and a few others like that. It's only five bucks to buy over on Bandcamp. And there's a bunch of story collections there too. The Quietest called The Lost Archimedes far more interesting than your usual spoken word slash comedy album. Jeremy and I were talking about Mick Harvey's covers albums of Gainsbourg songs. There's four whole albums. And on the last one, he does an English language version of that awesome song we were talking about, Don Delay, Don Delu, Baby Teeth, Wolf Teeth. The first couple records he did feature Anita Lane, and I love their versions of Overseas Telegram and Harley Davidson. But my favorite of his covers is from the 2016 Delirium Tremens album, Don't Say a Thing an English rendition of Le Durian that Serge originally did with Anna Karina, who Jeremy and I both love, as you heard. So I'm going to play you out on that Mick Harvey and Xanthi Waite doing Don't Say a Thing. It's not going. It's not going. Stay still. It's the only way to move in here. Or I'll smash my mouth and kill myself. Why are you at it anyway, considering what you've done? What's left to say about it? Good God, she is her, she is not her. It's not possible, it's not possible yet. 
Hey, hey.